What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast. Man, back at it again today, Monday, September 14th. Hopefully, all you guys are doing good out there. Hopefully, all you guys had a nice and enjoyable weekend. Hopefully, all you guys have a productive, successful, and even better week, man. Continue to stay safe out there because the coronavirus is a real deal virus. Please continue to wash your hands as much as possible. Wear a mask anytime you got to step outside. And please, if you do go outside, get some sunlight on your skin because because UV rays, aka ultraviolet rays, do kill viruses, and the coronavirus is no different than any other virus. So please go outside and get some sunlight on your skin, man. But hopefully, all you guys are doing good. Continue to get better each and every single day. Strive closer to your goals and your dreams. Keep pushing. Do not get sidetracked by all the BS and the negativity in the world because it is a lot that can get you knocked off your course. But trust me, just keep your eyes on the goal. Keep moving forward each and every single day, man, and do what you gotta do, man. I wanna give a first and foremost congrats to Naomi Osaka on winning the 2020 U.S. Open for tennis on the women's side. She was doing her thing. I got a chance to watch a couple of her matches. Congrats to Naomi. A stud, really. She's definitely one of the next up-and-coming goats. Of course, Serena Williams, one of the greatest ever to do it. Um, Congrats to her. Also, since football did return, you guys should know I am a Los Angeles Rams fan. Of course, we beat the Dallas Cowboys last night in a really solid win. I'll say we played pretty good in the first half. We kind of played kind of lackadaisical in the second half, even though we made plays. Regardless, it's a good way to open up our brand new stadium in SoFi Stadium. And it's also, you know, the best thing when you beat the Cowboys. It doesn't get any much better than that. But, you know, shout out to football. I'm glad football is back. I miss football, which, I'm, you know, I miss watching all these great players do their things. But let's talk about some basketball. So let's get right into it. So it has been a long weekend. The Raptors and the Celtics went to seven games, of course, where the Celtics pulled out that series. And they will now be in the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll talk about that in a minute. You got the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Clippers going to game seven tomorrow, which should be an epic showdown because really the Clippers should have been close out this series. Game six, they absolutely folded. They let the Nuggets take over the game. And you got to give credit to the Nuggets, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, Gary Harris made some big time threes down the stretch of that game. They fought and they did not give up. They scratched and they clawed. And as a team, as a collective, you got to give credit to the Denver Nuggets. You got to give credit to their coaching staff because they did not give up at all. And now they're in a game seven situation for the fourth consecutive time going back to last season, the postseason when they lost to the Portland Trailblazers in the second round last year. And of course, the series before that, they went to seven games against the San Antonio Spurs where they won that series. So the Nuggets know what it's like to play in the game seven situation. We'll see what they do tomorrow. It should be very, very interesting. And if you're the Clippers, man, I'm going to just say it like this. The Clippers have not played like a team the entire time, or let me not even say the entire time they've been in the bubble. The entire season, the Clippers have not played like a full collective team because they've dealt with injuries of course to Paul George they've low managed Kawhi Pat Bev's been in and out the lineup Lou Will's been in and out the lineup sometimes Montrez Harrell's been in and out the lineup of course they barely just got Marcus Morris senior you know before the free agency deadline uh, came through so or the trade deadline came through so they they've had a lot of moving pieces but it's really really showing now in the postseason because really the only player that's been consistent night in and night out in every single game for the Clippers is Kawhi Leonard. And we all know who Kawhi Leonard is. He's a top three player in the world, undoubtedly, but he can't just be the only one that can save the Clippers every single time. They need Paul George to continue to get better. They need Lou Will to assert himself and show him and show them that he's a Hall of Fame type player because he is. I really do believe that Lou Will is a special, significant bucket getter type player. And you need 
your surrounding quarter really played good. Like, Montrezl Harrell has not played good at all through this entire series. Evita Zubak has not played well through this entire series. And so they're going to need contributions from everybody if they want to win, and not just Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard cannot continue to just bail them out. And that's why I'm a sincere believer that the Lakers will win the 2020 NBA Finals. And that brings me to the other side of the Western Conference, where you got the Lakers beat the Rockets in five games. And I... I'm not going to say I was surprised by this, but I kind of was at the same time because I look at the Rockets' talent. Of course, they got one of the greatest scorers of all time in James Harden. You got a really solid point guard in Russell Westbrook. You got a pretty good system. Even though you're smaller than them, I expected them to compete way, way more. And of course, they lose in five games. Mike D'Antoni just announced a couple days ago that he will not be returning as the head coach of the Rockets. And that leaves a lot of question marks when it comes to the Rockets' future. Should they blow it up? Should they start to rebuild? Should they, you know, try and get a roster better around James Harden to make him, you know, succeed even more? I don't know. I'm going to talk about it tomorrow, but we're going to talk because it's a lot of things that can go on with the Houston Rockets that need to happen because you cannot waste a legendary career that James Harden has already put forth. And I just feel like they have not put him in the best possible situation to see him succeed. So we'll talk about that too. But getting back to the Eastern Conference. So my Miami Heat have been chilling probably the longest team that in the playoffs still that has been, you know, having a, a relaxation or a vacation, shall I say, inside the bubble because they got, you know, through Milwaukee pretty easily. They beat the Bucks in five games and they sent the Bucks home. And so now they've had a lot of rest and a lot of time to practice and a lot of time to really focus on their next opponent. They will, of course, match up with the Boston Celtics. So I got my keys and my perspectives and my point of views and my emphasis for both teams. So let's go. Before we get into that, let's go to the season series. So the Celtics actually won the season series against the Miami Heat two games to one. And I want to give you guys some quick footnotes real quick on here, too. So December 4th. Off a Miami Heat back-to-back, -back. the second night of a back-to-back -back for the Miami Heat. The Celtics beat the Heat in Boston by a score of 112-93. to That's game one. Game two, January 28th, off another back-to-back -back for the Heat. The Celtics beat the Heat again by a score of 109-101. to Jason Tatum did not play in that game, but Gordon Hayward had a big-time game in that win in the 305. And then the last game was actually in the bubble. You know, of course, in the resume season, in the bubble, the Heat actually got the job done by a score of 112 to 106, and Bam Adebayo had a really, really good game. Also, though, in those first two games, those two games were also before the Miami Heat traded to acquire Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and Solomon Hill, where they traded Justice Winslow, um, James Johnson, I believe Deion Waiters in that deal to the Memphis Grizzlies to acquire those three guys. And so, that is a key thing, because if you have been watching the Miami Heat in the playoffs, Jay Crowder has been probably the most consistent three-point shooter for the Heat in this entire postseason run. And then Andre Godala gives you a whole other, you know, three-dimensional player off the bench. Of course, a finals MVP, a soon-to-be Hall of Famer, no doubt about it in my mind. And so you got a really, really good team. And with that being said, adding those guys helps out a lot. So let me take you guys to the Heat's keys to beating the Boston Celtics if they want to get the job done for the Heat. First things first, you have to get Bam Adebayo cooking. Not just offensively, but defensively too, and most especially on the boards. Bam Adebayo, a first-time All-Star this season, has had an absolutely fantastic season in all facets of the game because he can do so much on the court. And really, the biggest weakness for the Celtics is they don't really have a big man and they don't really have a bench. And because they don't have a true big man, Bam Adebayo should feast. Even though they have a lot of good defensive players, Daniel Tice can't guard Bam Adebayo. 
Ennis Cantor can't guard Bam Adebayo. Robert Williams, who's been playing pretty good, I believe is in his second year out of Texas A&M. He's pretty solid, but again, he's still way too young and inexperienced to be able to guard a player of Bam Adebayo's caliber. So Bam Adebayo needs to feast. That's the first point. Second point, the Miami Heat must slow down not only Jalen Brown, but they must slow down Marcus Smart. I'm going to tell you guys why, because you're not going to stop Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is a bona fide superstar. He has remnants of Tracy McGrady in his game. He got remnants of Kobe Bryant in his game, and he rests in peace. He has remnants of Carmelo Anthony in his game. Jason Tatum is a bucket getter, and I mean a big-time bucket getter. But if you go back and look at when the Heat and the Celtics played in the regular season, Jalen Brown was making the Heat's defense look like they weren't even guarding him. Like, he was just getting to the rack at Wood. And so they have to apply some pressure defensively, the Heat do, on Jalen Brown. They cannot let him get to the cup at Wood because he is an athletic freak. He has so much bounce. His first step is very, very fast. And he is an explosive athlete. But the Miami Heat must slow him down. And then, even more key, you have to stop Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. We all know ever since he stepped foot in the league in, what, 2014, he's been a member of the Celtics his entire career so far. He's been a hustle player. He's been a big-time player, and he's still doing that to this day. But now, especially in that series against the Raptors, he was hitting a lot of big-time three-point shots, and he was getting buckets. The Raptors had no answers for guarding Marcus Smart. If you are the Miami Heat, you cannot let Marcus Smart do that to you guys, especially because, one, they don't have Gordon Hayward as of right now. Brad Stevens did say he's looking better. He's clear quarantine. He's back in the bubble, and he seems healthier, and it could be a matter of games before he comes back into the series. But with him being out, Marcus Smart usually comes off the bench, if I'm not mistaken, and you're going to have to force him to play more minutes, and that leaves you with less depth for the Boston Celtics. The Miami Heat have to take advantage of that with their bench because the Miami Heat, to me, not being biased, have the best bench in the NBA from Kendrick Nunn, Derrick Jones Jr., Kelly Olenek, Andre Iguodala, Tyler Hero. You have a lot of good bench players on the Miami Heat's basketball roster, and you're going to need those guys to step up because really the Celtics don't have a bench like that. Aside from uh, Wanamaker, um, Robert, Wh- or yeah, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, you don't really have a bench like that, and so you're going to have to, ex- ex- you know, apply pressure with that your bench is clearly the better bench and you got to make the most of that because really the Heat's bench has been playing phenomenal throughout the entire probably again throughout the whole bubble at least they've probably been the best bench team so they're going to have to get consistent minutes out of those guys too my last point establish Duncan Robinson early I feel like when the Heat have had their most success throughout the course of these, you know, nine playoff games that they played in because they are eight and one. Their only loss being, and I believe, game four to the Bucks. You must establish Duncan Robinson early because he always, when the Heat win, it seems like Duncan Robinson always gets into a rhythm early in the game, and that sets the tone for everybody else. Because when Duncan Robinson hits shots, that spaces out the defense so much, and that leaves you in a whole bunch of different one-on-one and isolation situations. And the Miami Heat must take advantage. Of that, And lastly, the biggest thing, if I'm Eric Spolcher, the biggest thing I am telling my team, attack Kemba Walker. And why do I say that? Kemba Walker is not a bad defender. He's a mediocre defender. He's not a great defender either, but he's not a bad defender. But the thing is, with the personnel that the Boston Celtics have, 
he's the worst defender that they have in their starting lineup because, of course, Jason Tatum is a good defender. Jalen Brown is soon to be a lockdown defender in this league. Marcus Smart, we already know what Marcus Smart does. He gets paid to play defense. Daniel Tice is going to play defense. So really, the worst defensive player on the Celtics is Kemba Walker. And it's kind of like the same thing with the Golden State Warriors. You go back to the championships, Golden State Warriors. You had Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and Andre Iguodala. Out of all those guys, Steph Curry was the worst defender. And you can see from players like Kyrie Irving and the Cavaliers, they would attack Steph Curry because they knew he was the easiest person that you can get a bucket on. The Heat must attack Kemba Walker. And it's funny because the Raptors actually did the same thing. And they found a lot of success when they did that. Kyle Lowry, you know, was attacking Kemba as much as possible. So was Fred Van Fleet. And they were scoring. And so the Heat must do that. And so that are my point of views and the keys for the Miami Heat. So let's go to the other side for the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics' biggest keys in this series if they want to advance and play for an NBA Finals and try and get that, what, 18th Larry O'Brien trophy, this is what they must do. First and foremost, you have to get Kemba Walker going offensively. Me, personally, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I feel like the Celtics should have beat the Toronto Raptors in six games, but they had a couple different problems. One of the problems was... They didn't get too much consistency from their big three, from Jalen Brown to Jason Tatum to Kemba Walker. It was like, you know, one game, you know, Jalen Brown will play fantastic and Kemba Walker will play really good. And then Jason Tatum will struggle. Another game, Jason Tatum will play really good. Jalen Brown will play really good. And then Kemba Walker will struggle. They have yet to have a game where all three of those guys have absolutely flourished. And once they do, that's going to get real scary. I don't know if it's going to happen this series because the Heat do have a lot of good defensive players. But nonetheless, it could happen whenever. And my thing is, Kemba Walker struggled in a few different games throughout the course of that Toronto Raptors series. And people forget, as long as Kemba's been in the league, I think he's been in the league for close to a decade, he only has, prior to this season, one postseason run. And not even a run. Of course, they I think it was in 2014, they played LeBron in the Miami Heat, and he was a member of the Charlotte Hornets, and they lost, and I think, in, in a sweep. So Kemba doesn't have a lot of postseason history. This is his second playoff run and so he is going to have to be the leader he's going to have to be the scorer he is going to have to get the job done for the Celtics to advance I promise you Kemba Walker is a very key player because they also do give him the ball in the clutch too sometimes they get to Jason Tatum but more often than not Brad Stevens is putting the ball in Kemba Walker's hands to get a bucket in late game situations so he is going to have to come through he's going to have a matchup I believe probably versus Goran Dragic and he's going to have to win that battle Goran Dragic has been playing phenomenal but Kemba Walker has got to get the advantage in that matchup. So my next key, and I just brought it up, the Celtics have had trouble closing out games. If you watched a few of those games versus the Raptors, I can't remember the exact games off the top of my head right now, but some of those games, they just closed off the game badly. Of course, you know, I think that was game three where OG Ananobi hit that big time three in the corner off, you know, a pass that was from the complete opposite side of the court. Stuff like that can't happen. You cannot let that happen. You cannot let a pass from one side of the court go to all the way to the opposite side of the court with I think it was like 0.5 seconds left and he still got that shot off so the Celtics have to be better when it comes to closing out games I don't know you know sometimes I feel like they give the ball to Kemba other times they would give the ball to Jason Tatum and let him work out at the top of the three-point line they just have to be better with closing out games and it's really as simple as that because they really should have beat to me personally they probably should have beat the Raptors in five maybe six games but because they struggled closing out games, of course, that series went to seven games. And, of course, you know, they pulled it off with a nail-biter. But still, they got to work on closing out games. So that's another key, too. Another key, my third key for the Celtics to win this series, 
they are going to need production off their bench, whether it's from Wanamaker, whether it's from Grant Williams, Robert Williams, who played fantastic in the series versus the Raptors. He was probably the unsung hero for the Celtics against the Raptors. You need that extra production, especially against this Miami Heat team that has so much depth. And Miami has a lot of depth. I know the Raptors did too, but the Raptors, even though they have a lot of good players on their team and a lot of a solid players who are going to get paid very, very soon, the Heat play a lot of different players and they can throw a lot of different looks at you and their versatility is probably up there as one of the most versatile teams in the entire NBA. So the Celtics are really going to have to be careful and they got to get some big time production from Robert Williams or Grant Williams or Wanamaker. Consistent production off the bench is going to be key for the Boston Celtics. I'm, I'm not even saying that they need to match the bench of the Miami Heat, but they just need a little production because you already got a great score in Jason Tatum. You got a bona fide two-way star in Jalen Brown and you got a star point guard in Kemba Walker. You don't need that much help, but any help they can get is definitely an asset and not a liability. So they're going to need that bench production for sure. Also, you are going to need Jason Tatum to be as consistent as can be. Against the Raptors, he definitely had more good games than he had bad games, but it felt like sometimes he was having like mental bouts inside of his head. Like he didn't, he wasn't fully engaged in the game and he kind of took himself out of the game and out of the rhythm and therefore the Celtics would lose. They cannot afford for that to happen against the Miami Heat because the Miami Heat, if they see any signs of weakness, if they sniff any blood on the opposing team, they're going for the kill. And you cannot let that happen. If you're Jason Tatum, you have to be your best self each and every single game. And Jason Tatum is a stud. I think he's only 22, 23. He's a stud. He's one of my favorite players in the league. He has to be the best version of himself every single game if the Celtics want to advance and play for another Larry O'Brien trophy. Lastly, the Celtics have to stay out of foul trouble. You cannot get into foul trouble. I think it was a game where Marcus Smart fouled out. I'm pretty sure it was a game where Jalen Brown had like five fouls. He had to sit out for a long period throughout the course of the game. You already don't have enough depth, depth Excuse me, especially with Gordon Hayward being out. You cannot afford to have anybody foul out. Marcus Smart is going to play aggressive. That's just part of his nature. He's going to pick up you know, three to four fouls each and every game. That's just what he does. But when it comes to Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and especially Kemba Walker, you cannot get into foul trouble. You have to play the most disciplined defense that you guys have probably ever played throughout the course of your basketball careers because you guys are needed on the court in order for your team to succeed. So let's look at it from an unbiased perspective. In this series, I am taking the Miami Heat to win this series in seven games due to the fact that, again, I just believe they have more that they can throw at you. I think they have much more versatility than the Celtics. I think they have more veteran leadership. I think they have a bona fide closer in Jimmy Butler. And I think Jason Tatum is going to be an excellent closer throughout the course of his career as well. I just don't think he's there right now on the level that Jimmy Butler is. Of course, Jimmy Butler's been in the league for, you know, almost 10 years now. So really, he's been doing this. But this is not going to be easy. This is going to be a dogfight. And honestly, being a Heat fan, I've never in my life been more excited for a playoff series than this one. This is going to be a super fun matchup. Jimmy Butler versus Jason Tatum. Like the matchup I think is going to end up being Goran Dragic versus Kemba Walker. I think you're going to get Jimmy Butler guarding Jason Tatum. I think you're going to have Jay Crowder guarding Jalen Brown. And then you'll probably have Bam at a bye with Daniel Tice. And it's just going to be an interesting, interesting battle. I think the Miami Heat's defensive players are much, much more better than what the Celtics have to offer on defense. Because again, you have Jimmy Butler, Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, 
Bam Adebayo. You have a lot of really good defensive players, and the Celtics do too. But they don't have as much as the Celtics, or excuse me, they don't have as much as the Heat do without Gordon Hayward. With, with Gordon Hayward, though, they match up pretty well. But again, Brad Stevens said in an interview earlier today that as of now, he is not going to be playing in game one, but he would not be surprised if Gordon Hayward does return for game two off that ankle injury. So we'll see. That's going to be an important update throughout the course of this series. This is going to be a dogfight. Eric Spolster versus Brad Stevens. You know, Pat Riley versus Danny Ainge. Those are two guys that don't really like each other throughout the course of their basketball careers and history. The Celtics versus the Heat. Those are two championship organizations. Of course, the Celtics have the most out of all the franchises in the NBA. This is going to be fun. Get your popcorn ready. It's going to be a dogfight. Both these teams have earned their rights to be here. And it's not going to be easy, man. It is going to be a bloodbath. And it's going to be probably some of the best basketball that you've watched throughout the course of this entire bubble series, man. I cannot wait for tomorrow. Game one is at 6.30 Eastern time. That means that will be at 3.30 my time, Pacific time. It is going to be a super exciting matchup, man. But as always, shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports, man. I'm a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist. Feature alongside a whole bunch of other really, really talented writers slash blogger slash journalists. Please go check us out on Twitter and, and um, Instagram. Excuse me. We are at Nuts and Bolts SP. Please go show us some love. Go follow us. Go retweet some of our photos and news and all that good stuff and like some of our photos. And just check us out, man. Trust me. For all your sports news and needs, trust me and believe me when I tell you guys that Nuts and Bolts Sports has it all for you guys. I'm also featured on Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network alongside a whole bunch of other really, really talented sports podcasts, especially with football season being back, man. Please go check us out on our podcast network again we are the nuts and bolts sports podcast network we've got a whole bunch of really really good and in-depth sports podcasts and again man for all your sports news and needs trust me and believe me when i tell you guys that nuts and bolts sports has it all for you guys and as always we are still demanding justice for elijah mcclain we are still demanding justice for rihanna taylor and we are demanding justice for anybody and I mean anybody that has been a victim of police brutality or even worse, police murderings, we are still demanding justice. And we are going to get justice sooner rather than later, man. You guys be safe out there. I will talk to you guys soon. As always, it's been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And if you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. That is how we share, grow, and expand the podcast. You guys be safe out there. I will talk to you guys soon. As always... Peace, love, and blessings gone.